The following is a hoop ball presentation. Another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. There's a hoop ball presentation, so check out Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets. Online hoop-ball.com. Literally got a whole bunch of fantasy plays going up. We got mock drafts already starting because the season starts in what 40 plus days or something? Really quick. So definitely make sure to get on that. Um, we got the Hoop Ball 360 package, everything you want to get an edge on your fantasy league. Uh, in terms of the top 150, uh, the best plays, best sits, all of that. Check it out on Twitter at HoopBallTweets, online, hoop-ball.com. All right, so off-season time, as y'all already know, for Round Ball Ramble, we are diversifying our NBA content, going to WNBA. That's right. I've kind of talked about it here and there, but I wanted to bring on an expert who really knows their stuff on it. He also happens to be a good friend of mine, so it works out doubly well in my advantage here. Uh, we have Miguel Hidalgo. You can find him on Twitter at MiguelHR22. Uh, not only is he a fellow SBC alum as myself, not only is, like I said, a friend of mine. Um, I'm going to bring you on first, Miguel. First off, how you doing, man? Second, tell us what you do, what you're up to, all that, because you got your hands in, in, in all over the place. I love it. I appreciate the invitation, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you. King Corbin, as you might know him. Uh, my name is Miguel Hidalgo, like you mentioned. I currently am the owner of Deportes Cienpor 25, which is a media page focused in Puerto Rico. We focus on just uh, promoting and covering anything that's sports-related here in the island. And like you mentioned, I'm a, very, I'm a huge fan of the WNBA since its inception when the Houston Comets were a dynasty. So that tells you how old I am. Wow. <laughs> and basically I'm, I'm a basketball fan. I, pre- I played semi-pro until I was 24. So that's basically my background. That's what makes me an expert, according to you, uh, as far as basketball is concerned. I, I love it, man. That's cool. Semi-pro, that is dope, man. And, and again, monitoring this page, like being kind of the sports content over there is really neat. And yeah, you're a hundred percent expert in the field, man. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, I appreciate that. I, I wish that ESPN would know this, but <laughs> hey, listen, but, uh, we gotta keep plugging away. We'll let them know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I appreciate that, my dude. Oh, of course, bro. Yeah. So, looking at the WNBA, I mean, it's the 25th uh, anniversary this past year. Uh, they unveiled their list of their top 25 players in their history. Um, you know, I guess I want to start there because I know you again, having watched them since the Houston Comets, which I am actually. Um, kind of familiar with vaguely, you know, watching some old uh, Cheryl Soups, uh, players of that ilk. Um, what do you think about the top 25? I mean, they put out um, some active players. They put out, um, you had Tina Charles, you had Elena Deladon, um, Sylvia Fowles, you had Brittany Griner, um, Naneka Gumake, Candace Parker, Brianna Stewart. Um, you had a bunch of active players. You also had, you know, like we said, Cheryl Soups most of her career in Houston. Um, Lisa Leslie and Lauren Jackson, the rivals that they were. Uh, you just had a bunch. Cynthia Cooper, Yolanda Griffith. What do you think about all these players that were put out there? First off, just how much talent? Because that, like, all these players in my mind are, like, iconic in different ways. Even for someone who's more of a, I, I, I'm trying to become more of a diehard fan. I'm a little more, I feel, than a casual, um, but I'm definitely not a full expert. But from someone who who is that, who watched a lot of it, what did you think about seeing that list and just being able to like look at the illustrious history that the WNBA has already had in just 25 years? Well, it makes you actually reflect on the experience. 25 years is a long time for us as human time, but as an organization, the WNBA 25 years is not that long. So we're talking about uh, a league that's still expanding, is still growing, still trying to develop a fan base that is loyal, uh, as far as also attracting those casual fans. I love this list. I mean, they mentioned so many names that you may not be familiar with now if you're in the younger side, like Tisha Panchero super fan she was the original point guard she was wow. so good as far as passing the ball second in assists i mean tisha pancher was a great player katie smith uh with the detroit shock specifically at that point of her career but you also see these new players quote unquote like brianna stewart elena de who are special in their own way mm-hmm. they're 
offensively gifted. They can play defense in a great way. Uh, so it, I appreciate this list due to that fact that you touch base on those older players that started the league, like Becky, like Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, Lisa Leslie. But it also brings you to this new era where you see players uh, like Maya Moore, who's no longer with us playing basketball because she's involved in more social uh activities if you will mm, yeah uh, you also have those candace parker and naked woman k etc etc so i like the bridge that they're doing making sure that these women and these accolades don't just go to waste that they're actually recognized for the ballers than they are and i think the men are also taking a huge part in making this uh, a better known product oh 100 i i love the insight there thank you for that it's it's really crazy to kind of see you know like you said the, the, the time that's relative to just us individuals, human beings, as well as that of an organization league and, and just how big this is. Um, I kind of have to bridge off of this because WNBA fans um, will also be able to pick their favorite players, the greatest in WNBA history uh, in the vote for the GOAT campaign that uh, starts Sunday and it runs through September 19th um, through the end of the regular season. So they're able to vote on the website and on Twitter. Um, they'll reveal the actual winner during the NBA finals, which is really kind of neat. Um, you know, in the NBA, it's Michael Jordan. It's LeBron James. Yes, outsider votes for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In the WNBA, who is the GOAT? I hate this question, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. Because my GOAT specifically is Cheryl Miller. But Cheryl Miller didn't Ooh, play in the WNBA. Yes. So uh, that kind of takes me off balance for the question. But as far as who is the GOAT, my opinion right now, Cynthia Cooper is one of a kind. I mean, she won four championships in a row when the WNBA started. Uh, she was MVP in most of them. Uh, she was stacked on a team with Cheryl Swoops and, and Tina Thompson. So it's understandable that they won. But what she did, especially when she was on the older side of 20s going to 30s, yeah. You didn't see young peak Cynthia Cooper when she was younger and she was a baller. She was a teammate of Cheryl Miller in, in USC. So it's it baffles your mind when you think about, wow, Cheryl Miller and Cynthia Cooper were on the same team at yeah. the same time. Like that baffles your mind. That longevity. But, but my my goat would be at the moment Cynthia, but taking into account that I only saw limited years of Cynthia when she was uh a top player because I was young on the younger spectrum as well. Mm. Uh, Diana, Diana Taurasi just yeah. does so many things. She was a culture changer for everything Phoenix ever did. Uh, she dominated at UConn. She had Sue, so th that also helped. But she <laughs> dominated at UConn. She dominated the league, especially. Uh, I love Diana Taurasi, and I think that she, her her accolades are well deserved. But what she's done for the game, as far as just being visible to not only u.s uh consumers but internationally yeah. it's just so great and i have to like make a mention of maya moore yes. maya moore was so talented bro just yes. so good she could score the ball at any point she defended she rebounded i uh, would have loved to see what her career would have been if it had expanded a little bit longer because she left at peak at peak value yeah. so i would have loved to seen that but if you have to ask me after all that I've seen, Diana has to be at the top of the list. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think you're right. Just culturally uh, for the WNBA, uh, especially for the growth and expansion they've had from like, you know, 2005 up to now, what she's meant to the Phoenix Mercury, you know, being their all-time league scorer, leader in three-pointers made, you know, a bunch of different categories and still balling out. I mean, yeah. I actually am looking forward to watching. I have, I have a game um, I'm going to be attending with Mercury, I think, toward the end of the regular season and just see her again in person. Like, it's always an experience um and you know just yeah like to be playing i mean what 39 and still be like one of the the signature players in this sport i mean in general i you you i don't want to keep drawing comparisons to nba but i think only like you mentioned with lebron in terms of being that effective that late in their nba playing career you know um and yeah like you said what she's done for this for this game um in that way but i love that you brought up people who you know may have been before the WNBA's inception but had a big part of helping it grow or like you said and, and Cynthia Cooper um were a part of it and just the longevity of their career you know what they did for the early part getting it up and running you know being the ones to kind of push that cart down the hill and make it happen um that's important as well um I know for a fact uh another one I really like uh I don't think she's 
quite at the very top, but one I really enjoyed watching. Um, and she just retired this year. And of course, now my, my brain is blanking on her. Um, oh, Simone Augustus. Simone Augustus, yeah. Simone Augustus was so fun. Simone Augustus, Tamika Ketchings. Those two, yes. And I, I can understand both of them. I mean, Simone was so, so, offen- so offensively gifted. Yes. And Tamika was all around. She was defensive player of the year multiple times. She could score. Uh, she led Indiana to a championship. That's no easy feat, especially in the era she played. Uh, there there's so many talented women playing yes. in the WNBA, formerly, yes. currently, and the future. I mean, we're talking about Sabrina Unescu this year that is not having the best season, but she will be good. Uh, you have Paige Bukers and you have Caitlin Clark in the NCAA who will be stars once they reach this level. So just women's basketball is so beautiful, man. So yes. beautiful. I always tell my I used to coach when I was uh, on the younger side of it. I always told my players, if you want to learn how to play basketball, like really learn, you watch women play. Because bas- men's basketball, more athletic, more entertaining. Obviously, the fundamentals are great. But if you want to learn, these women don't have the athletic resources that men do. So they have to learn how to play. They need to know how to dribble. They need to learn how to shoot. They need to learn how to move their feet on defense. So it's just so beautiful to watch and seeing, like you mentioned, all of these different conversations that you can have mm-hmm. bridging each gap is is just beautiful man yeah like you said just the fu- fundamentally sound entertaining good basketball i yeah totally even agreement with you on that for sure i'm um, transitioning more from the past which uh, again that's going to be a great conversation uh for for not only this time to come but for years to come as we go to the next mm-hmm. 25 years of WNBA. but looking at the WNBA now um let's take stock of the teams that are here, um, I know for a fact I've been watching a lot of the Phoenix Mercury on an eight-game winning streak right now. They've been playing really well. Um, Skylar Dickens-Smith has just been on the tear. Dana Tarasi's yeah. been solid. Um, you had um, Brittany Griner, who's been who's been good all year. Uh, I, I, I've been watching that team. I've been watching Las Vegas Aces as well. But I kind of want to start with you, and let's get a feel for, like, just describe the teams at the top of the WNBA this year, uh, maybe who you think is the championship favorite, but let's talk about the kind of the cream of the crop right now and kind of work our way down. Um, and I guess we have to talk about the Connecticut Sun somewhere, too, I imagine. <laughs> uh, you have to. Like they're, the, they're at the top of the standings. They currently have a 21-6 and six mark. Uh, they can defend. This team defends so well. They only allow 71 points per game. Wow. And they're they're scoring 79, so they're not scoring that much either. But their defense is just so stifling. Uh, they have John Kill Jones, who for me is my MVP at the moment, even though she's missed uh, five games. She's mm-hmm. currently played 22. But 20 points, 11 rebounds, so consistent. She's going against players like Liz Cambage. She's going against Tina Charles. So she she's having... A tough time. We have a stack position, Sylvia Fowles, and she's just balling all out. She's dominating. She's looking very good. Uh, Dewana Bonner, a veteran who, if you look at her numbers, it may you may not be impressed, but look at her all-time numbers. You will be impressed because yes. she can really do a lot of stuff well. She averages 15 and 6 uh, rebounds. So Dewana is, is the veteran of this team. She's the leader of this team. Uh, this again, this team can just defend at all points and they win at home. They currently have a 13 and one home record. So if you can defend the Mohegan Sun Arena and you're the top seed, that gives you an advantage coming into the playoffs if you have because you have home court advantage. So this team has a lot of potential. I still have my doubts when adjustments can be made because it's not the same in the regular season when playoff basketball comes around where you actually have to play a series adjustments have to be made and you can just focus on your top key players now is when we have to see those brianna joneses those jasmine thomas brian january those types of players see if they can step up we know what the stars can do we need to see what the role players can do as well I agree. I agree. That's a very good point. Um, I, what I really was looking at in addition, um, you have, of course, the loss of Alyssa Thomas. Um, she's been out injured. And so you've had a role player step up so far. Um, Brianna Jones, like you mentioned, who has been having a pretty good season, like 14 points, 
uh, just under eight boards a game. You mentioned uh, Dewana Bonner. I watch her a lot. Uh, was it two years ago with Phoenix? Yeah. And I love her. Like you said, like the numbers are okay. You know, it's like 15.7 boards. Um, definitely got that, deep, you know, streaky shooting from deep, but definitely had it going in a heartbeat. And her fit there has been just the offensive punch that I feel that the Sun have needed because they've been, like you said, their defense is stifling and has been for a minute, it feels like. But mm-hmm. offensively, now they have a little more to eke by. Whereas before it would be like it felt like a light, a lot tighter of a game um, that they played. But yeah, John Quill Jones, uh, yeah, 20 points, 11 boards, uh, just under three assists a game, uh, just over an assist per game, a block per game. Like that's a lot of stuff done on the stat sheet. Like that is yeah. a lot. And like you mentioned, uh, her playing uh, against such a stacked position and her being a big, yes, but maybe her not being a big, like a, like you said, a Tina Charles or, or, or like you said, a Liz Cambage. Um, that's definitely different. Uh, what is it about her game that makes her such a versatile threat? Is it her three-point shooting? Because she definitely has improved on that. I was shocked to see her in the three-point contest. Even more shocked to see how well she did. Um, it, it, it really took a, a, a glorious comeback uh, to, to, to let that one down um, for her to alley by alley quickly. But um, going back to John Quell, like just how great of a year has this been for her? Uh it has been a show out year. Quite frankly, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season and if I thought John Quill Jones would be an MVP candidate, I probably would have laughed because mm-hmm. she's good. We know she can put numbers up, but mm-hmm. MVP type basketball, we're talking about competing with Brianna Stewart, with AJ Wilson, with Liz Cambage, with yeah. Diana Taurasi, Brandon Guyton. I mean, you're, you're facing tough competition every night, basically. Yeah. And her being able to expand her game, being versatile is very important in the women's game because the least, the less flaws you have, the more impactful you can be in the game. So I think her just turning more versatile and being smarter about it uh, has certainly helped her career. And obviously, if, if it helps her career, it helps the, the Connecticut Sun. So quite frankly, I think that that specifically, that maturity in her game is what actually took her to this level where she's currently playing an MVP type ball. I love that. Definitely growing and just kind of adding things little bit by little bit. Like you said, it's, it's tough at the top. And I didn't see her there either. I saw her as like a very solid player, but Mm -hmm. when you bring up the type of talent she goes after, goes against every night to be, you know, one of those, that's a tremendous uh, uh, accolades on her part in terms of development, how she's improved. Um, What team would you put right underneath uh, the sun? I know there's a few teams you can kind of make an argument for. So I'm intrigued by who you have ultimately there. Well, I want to make the disclaimer that the league standings is not quite for what I think will be the top teams okay. in the in the season. Like I okay. don't see Connecticut being the WNBA champion. They could be. Oh, really? okay. But I believe this is a star-driven league. And you need those players when crunch time comes around. So when I look at a team like the Las Vegas Aces, you have AJ Wilson, which is the WNBA VP of her last year. You have Liz Cambage, which we know what she can do. Uh, we have Kelsey Plum, who won a three-by-three gold medal in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angel McCautry hasn't played this year, which no. baffles my mind. It's like, wow. I mean, Angel McCautry is a legend in this game, and she hasn't even played. Uh, Derricka Hamby, coming off the bench, has done just wonderful stuff for this team. It, it's just so stacked when I think about, hey, this team – can literally beat anybody and can beat up anybody in the paint. And it's really hard for me to, to see what can happen. And I'm not even speaking about Chelsea Gray yet, who is, yeah. to me, one of the most clutch players in the My WNBA. God. So when I look at this team, I'm, I'm thinking this is playoff basketball-ready team. I mean, this is a very good team with role players. The only thing that concerns me is health one for once. And also, is there enough ball for everybody? Because, again, we have a lot of names that we know can produce. Can they sacrifice enough for a championship? Say, I think they can. I don't see a selfish gene on this team. But that's what I see. What happens inside the court is completely different. That's very true. Very true. And like you said, the talent they have, I got to bring out, I'm, I'm surprised um, I haven't, like I said, I've watched a few Connecticut Sun games, but the fact that you're like, hey, you know what? They're good, but I don't see them winning at all. That's that's cool. That's news. That's cool to me because I'm like, okay, like I definitely see them like grind their way through, you know, similar to last year, I guess, in terms of um, 
the way that they played, but the 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 aces have a a way about them in terms of like you said, having that star talent, you know, you haven't had Angel McCouch. He's been injured, you know, all, been out all year um, mm-hmm. due to that. But you have had um, Asia Wilson playing well again. You have had the return of a Kelsey Plum who was injured last season. You know, you have had a Liz Cambage. I think if everyone was, it was healthy and you had Angel from last year and Kelsey from this year, I don't even think we'd be talking right now in terms of just how good that team would be. But you have a coach in Bill and Beer who like melds their strengths together, even though he's obviously not the biggest proponent of three point shot, which I find so interesting for someone who like whose offense again, the NBA was kind of the outside shot, like to not want to do that at all is hilarious to me. But especially when you have some talent there, I think like Kelsey Plum could let off like four or five of those a game. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could expand your range. I, Liz Cambage has shown some range out there. I feel like she could do it more. Um, and then Asia Wilson, not really her game. And honestly, I get it from the bigs. You want them, Bill and Beer, I guess, wants them to play the way that, you know, they play, which is using that size, using that low possibility, using that mid-range jump shooting. And if you don't have to stretch a three, why do that? But I agree with you. Their their talent is tantalizing in a way. Um, I don't know. The the the, the, the aces are weird to me, especially on the defensive end. Sometimes, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. They they have a lot of um, kind of like oversight for the pitfalls there. Offensively, they can get really really weird. Uh, I saw one game. I think down the stretch, they choked up because Chelsea Gray just decided she was going to put the team on her back, but she was ice cold. And you've also had some games from Asia Wilson. You didn't have last year where Asia Wilson last year was like at night in night out. I'm going to give you, you know, 18 and nine or whatever the case may be. And now she has some games where she really can't get it going. You know, um, I don't know long-term there. Do you look at them as like the championship favorites or are you looking at them as one that has more of a, a argument than say Connecticut does just because of how good they are? Let's, we were doing NBA comparisons, so I want to put Connecticut in context. Okay. I think Connecticut is like the Detroit Pistons when they won in 2004, right? Okay. Yeah. More very defensive minded, not necessarily a huge star, mm-hmm. but enough solid pieces and smart pieces that gel well together. So, again, the Detroit Pistons weren't favorites at that point, they were very good. But a lot of people thought they would lose to the Lakers in that NBA Finals. And a lot of people had them losing to the Indiana Pacers in the conference finals. So it's a team that has those pieces. But not having a star will always give you an asterisk when we're talking about predictions because this is a star-driven league. And you need your star to carry you to the end of the line. Mm -hmm. Jonko Jones might be the MVP. Will she be able to carry that momentum into the playoffs once adjustments can be made, especially on the, especially on the defensive end? We don't really know. That's true. We, th- we think she can. I believe she can. But me believing and she executing, two different <laughs> concepts. So that's why I, I'm not so sold on Connecticut yet. I do think they're very solid. I think they can beat anybody in a series. Mm-hmm. But, again, a star will always give you – like a leg up on you. Uh, the aces, like you mentioned, they're very inconsistent, especially, especially in offense, because you don't really know what type of basketball they want to play. Because mm. you could use age as your first option, or you can use Liz as your first option. What are you going to do? I always thought that they could use a high-low setting where you can give age at the mid-range, because yes. that's her style. She can make the buckets from there. And if it's too complicated, I mean, Liz is bigger than everybody, mm. except, except Brittany Griner, maybe. Yeah. But she, I mean, Liz can work on the post. Yes, she play can. Play high-low, and you can have, like you mentioned, Kelsey at the corner and play type of a triangle type offense. You can do that. Uh, so, yeah, they're very inconsistent offensively, but it's just that they have so much pure talent. They do. And pure talent can carry you a long way especially in a team game so they, that's they that's why i want to put in context no i appreciate that. that's a very uh, a good analogy too because it kind of makes a better sense of okay a jack of all trades but maybe not a master of none maybe not having that one clear-cut person where like you said like like talent when you need a bucket when you need that one person to do something that most people can't do yes you have a team full of very good players but you have one player who is an extraordinary good player well, that kind of trumps what the other ones are good as, uh, even though collectively they're solid because you have one that can do something that's just 
not normal, you know, mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. So I'm with you there. Um, all right, so I'm going to throw a, a lot of teams at you and kind of have you sort them out. Really, really just three. But you have the Minnesota Lynx. You have the Phoenix Mercury. You have the Seattle Storm, the defending champs. Uh, Seattle's kind of had a slump. You know, they won the Commissioner's Cup. Then they went two and five at a three-game losing streak. Really kind of weird there. Uh, they had, what, Brianna Stewart had to drop, what, 33 points uh, just to beat the Liberty. And Liberty, we'll get to later, but they're not a very good team this year. Um, no, they're, not. they're not a good team this year. My fault, not a very good team. Not a good team this year. So, like, the storm has just been weird. Um, Phoenix started off kind of slow, but they've won their last eight games. They have a playoff berth, uh, you know, beating Chicago and then losses by both the Los Angeles Sparks and the New York Liberty. Um, so they have a, a couple of tough games ahead. In fact, they're playing Connecticut, Vegas, and Seattle, uh, which should be very, very interesting to check out. Um, but looking at them, looking at the Seattle Storm, and looking at the Minnesota Lynx, who's just been such a weird team. I mean, they have now their 11th straight playoff berth. That's the longest active streak in the league. Um, they've just been at it. Uh, Sylvia Files has been solid. I think she can do this again for another 10 years. Like, you've already been at it for like a decade. Do it for another decade more. Um, but you have uh, Lacia Clarendon, who's been really solid since coming over. Um, what, 10 points, five assists, three rebounds. And she always has like, or, or like this, this big, um, big shot, consistent performance, whatever the case may be, to kind of pace the team. So between those three, where do you rank them? And, and, and what are your personal looks on those three squads? So as far as those three that you mentioned, I currently have the Mercury being third. Okay, I like that. I like as that. Far as, the, as far as the tier. I mean, being the top of those three teams, I want to be specific about of that. Of course. Uh, I'm not letting myself getting too hype over the last 10 games where they've gone nine and one because they got two wins against Atlanta, two wins against Indiana, two wins against New York, which is the bottom of the barrel, quite frankly. And you have one win over the Mystics without Elena Daledon and one win over the sky, which was impressive. That one certainly has to, to be mentioned, but this team is just very solid as far as their talent. Skylar Diggins, like you mentioned, has been on Ontario recently. Uh, Diana has been playing. We got to make uh, mention that she's only played 15 games. Uh, so her being out certainly changed the trajectory of what this team was going to do at the beginning of the season. Uh, we always suspected them to be at the top of the list. But when your best player or your most consistent offensive player is out, then that will obviously uh, trump whatever strategy you had at the beginning of the season. Uh, Brandy Griner has been herself, 20 points, almost 10 rebounds. Uh, I think Brianna Turner and Kia Nurse have played good roles within this team because they know what they have to do and what their role is. And that's very important when you have such a team that has, uh, let's say, a three-headed monster type yeah. offense, uh, which complements each other well. I mean, Skyl- Diana can shot create she can create the ball off the dribble she can distribute uh if she has to carry the team on her, on her back she will do it it's not that she can't it's she will do it uh <laughs> if she's not having the best game she can throw it to the post to Brittany, and Brittany on the post is very solid uh and if neither of one are going then skylar can certainly take the reins especially on three-point line and you have brianna and kia who mold them their games to what this team needs. And that's very important with this team. It's a varying team. They know how to play. They've been with each other for a while, even though Skylar hasn't been there that long. She knows how to play basketball. She's from the Notre Dame uh, basketball community. So she knows how to play basketball. Uh, So this team, just with those three players, I think is top of the line uh, compared to the other two. Uh, do you want me to go into the links right quick or yeah, do you have questions not? about that? I know I like the analysis on that for sure. Yeah, go into the links for sure. I'm with you on the Mercury. I think they've kind of all kind of come together at the same time, but I love the nuance you put about breaking down that nine that um nine game win streak because yeah, didn't realize just how many bad teams they kind of beat up on to get that point. So I'm with you. But yeah, let's turn over to Minnesota. But those are the wins that you need. I mean, you that's can true. beat the top teams, and that's awesome for morale's sake. But you have to win those lower level teams just to make sure that you're high on the on the standing. So mm-hmm. they're doing their job. That's what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do. So take care of business, com- not playing with yeah. their food. <laughs> commend. We have to commend them for it. The Lynx, sure. man, this team <laughs> surprises me because you you just mentioned Sylvia Fowles. You feel has been in the league forever. But she gets better every year. She's averaging 16 and 10. Uh, she had a 2020 game, which is surreal, uh, against the Storm, which is 
even more surreal. Uh, and she's just that veteran presence. Uh, ever since she came out of LSU, it was this this woman is our female version of Shaq. Like nobody <laughs> can actually stop her due mm -hmm. to her physicality, due to her how smart she is. She can pass the ball too. Yeah. And it's very surprising almost inspiring how well she plays and the leadership role that she's taking on this team. Let's say this team was commanded by Simone Augustus and Maya Moore yeah. alongside Sylvia Faust. Both have left for whatever the reason may be. And she's still there. The team is still consistent. It's still very good. And they've drafted very well. They've acquired players from free agency that are also just so talented and smart. Uh, Nafisa Collier is one player that you have to mention right, right off the bat. I mean, 16.6 mm -hmm. rebounds, uh, a UConn product. So you know that she's legit as far as uh, the skill set that she brings. Uh, Kayla McBride, such a huge loss for Las Vegas Aces. She played her last three seasons there. Yeah. Uh, 14 points, three rebounds, two assists. Just very consistent with what she brings to, to the table as far as being also a veteran uh, on this team. Ariel Powers. Also, two seasons with D.C. She leaves, comes here to Minnesota. And this isn't like the Timberwolves would, where this isn't a free agent market that people will go to. People will go play for the Lynx just for the culture that they bring. Mm -hmm. So, Aero Powers, also very good. You mentioned Laisha Clarendon, uh, who is a veteran presence. She played for Liberty last year. Uh, just so solid, 10 points, 5 assists. She knows how to play basketball. She knows how to put her teammates in a position to succeed. Mm -hmm. And there are two players that are not mentioned that often, which are bench players. Uh, Damiris Santas, she's uh, Brazil. She's from Brazil. She is basically the best player in the Brazilian national team. She knows wow. how to play FIBA basketball. Uh, and if she knows how to play FIBA basketball, she knows how to play WNBA ball because – if you haven't followed the WNBA for a while, you know that the salary disparity is a lot compared to the NBA. So most of these players play overseas and then play WNBA. So Damiris having this background of just growing up in this type of basketball style uh, benefits her. And she knows how to fit with this team. Uh, she's a big, so she will be down there with Celia Fowles just taking rebounds, taking space, helping her take a minute of rest or two. And Crystal Dangerfield just out of the bench is just an X faster. When she's on it, she's on it. The team will have better chance of succeeding. But if she's not having her A game, that that brings trouble, especially in the substitutions. Lady Clarendon has to play more. Uh, Eric Powers has to play more. So uh, this team has a lot of pieces that fit well together. And they do have a star in Sylvia Fowles and a future star because I think the Fusic Collier is just going to be so good at the end of the line. Uh, okay. So this team can be very effective. And they win at home. I mean, they have an 11-3 home record. So that helps them being the third seed, having home home court advantage will help them in playoff basketball. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for even breaking it down the way you did there. Minnesota, uh, just a talented squad. Um, and one that, like you said, is taking advantage of their drafting to continue to keep the way that they play moving on, um, you know, from that initial kind of title run that they had with players that you mentioned. I mean, really look at the fouls. She's the last kind of connective tissue between the dynasty teams of, you know, 10 years ago and the squad they have now with a basically whole new roster. Even though you do have some veteran talent, they weren't around playing for this squad back then. When you look at like a Lindsay, Way uh, Lindsay Whalen, or like you said, Amaya Moore, um, we even ones that we mentioned before that kind of made the 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 fiber of this team, and now follows still that one still remaining and still playing effective, like you said, just just as well. Um, so we're gonna do another like three kind of team bracket here. Uh, both these teams are all kind of in the middle. Uh, I think one team was like clearly above, but I mean they haven't really played like it, so I can't really say that. But you have the Chicago Sky. Um, They've just been – they've been interesting. I definitely get your thoughts on them. Kalea Cooper uh, – Kalea Hopper, my mistake, uh, mm -hmm. has been really, really good with them, leading the team in points. Uh, Candace Parker, I mean, just the face of the sky, but 13 points, eight boards, or just under nine boards, just under four assists per game. Her last two games, she's just been a monster. Um, I mean, she scored, I think, 30 points for the first time in, like, three years. Like, like she's kind of bringing it now. Um, at 35, still bomb. You still have Diamond to Shields coming up the bench, you know, being an X-Factor there. Um, you have the backcourt. 
you know, but between uh, uh, Van der Suda and Quigley that are effective. So we want to talk about them for sure, but they're only 15 and 14. You know, uh, you look at the Dallas Wings. Uh, they've just been a weird team. Or, or, um, uh, Gumawale, Arika Gumawale has been, you know, solid. I'm, I got to talk about her. I'm not sure. Like, I like her. She's an all-star, you know, 19-3-3. and three. I just feel like she is, like, more scoring-focused than anything else and i feel okay cool and i feel like growing the rest of her game i'll be important um but you've had like marina mabry who's been solid you've had a a bunch of good talent on the dallas team as well i I don't think they're ready yet to like quote unquote win but they're fighting for that last like playoff berth so they're in there as well and then another thing we want to talk about before we kind of go with the clear distinction of okay competing teams and and volunteer teams uh right on the cusp of that is the washington mystics and they've been weird i mean Tina Charles has been back. You know, she had a hip injury. She was out. Uh, Lena Deladon looks like she'll be back for their final games of the regular season. Um, so you could say injuries have definitely been a factor. Uh, Deladon's still probably not 100%. Um, but you had Natasha Cloud, who she's not averaging as many points. I think it's like the lows of her career or one of the lows of her career with like seven points per game. But she has been, uh, again, just like simply a fouls for the links has been that connected tissue kind of being that pulse on offense and defense distributing the ball getting them involved i feel like the mystics are kind of in the bottom not because of what they can be but just unfortunately what they have been um due to injuries and absences so looking at those teams i guess is more clear cut and you might might have a different thought between chicago between dallas between washington where do you kind of rank them and what are your thoughts on them just each in kind of unique situations and we're missing seattle too so uh, oh, yeah, but, yeah. Dude, I put them up. I didn't talk about my fault. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll speak with them at the end because that's my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's start with the Chicago Sky. So the problem with the Chicago Sky is that they have been healthy, quite frankly, since mm-hmm. the beginning of this season. Okay. Candace uh, missed nine games starting out right quick. Uh, Allie has been out of the lineup uh, due to injury as well. She's only started eight games, which makes you think, wow, I mean, Allie Quigley – shoots 46% from the three-point range, 95% from the free-throw range. Imagine if that multiplies to being actually active on the team for the 21 games that she's missed. It, it baffles your mind. It's, wow, I mean, this team can be so good if they get healthy. Uh, Candace, we know what she can do, 13 points, nine rebounds, very consistent. I think that leaving L.A. and going back home actually revitalized her career. Uh, I think she's happier and she looks happier as far as playing on the court is concerned. Khalid mm-hmm. uh, Copper, like you mentioned, is somebody that I didn't really expect to be the leading scorer of this team nope. with how talented <laughs> they can be. So her stepping up in this role, she's been active on all games. She's played every single game of this season. So her being healthy and being willing to take this role is very – Commendable. That's the word that I was looking for. Because, uh, again, this team has Candace Parker, has Courtney Vandersloot, has Ali Quickly, Diamond DeShields. I mean, it has a lot of star power names on this team, but she's taking that lead role. Man, Courtney Vandersloot, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Forever a fan. I mean, so solid. Just, she's averaged eight assists per game for the past six seasons or so, maybe more. And that just is so extraordinary in a league where you've had Sue Bird and a league where Diane Taurasi can handle the ball at a lot of points at the same time, where you've had Kane, wait, uh, Lindsay Whalen, Katie Smith, Tisha Penichero, and she's right up there, Becky Hammond, uh, and she's right up there with that type of talent as far as being a distributor. If I want somebody to learn the point guard position, I want you to look at Sue Bird and Courtney Vandersloot because they're just so solid. Uh, Allie Quigley, for me, the best shooter in the WNBA. Yes, easy. Uh, her not being on the court really changes the focus because let's talk about it in X's and O's. Okay. You, have Co- you have Courtney organizing the offense. You have Candace who will go on the post. You have Kalia who can go in and out as far as mid-range, outside, inside. If you have Allie on the wing, you have to defend her. There's no way you can leave her open. So if you're going to double-team Candace for X or Y reason, if the one that you decide to leave open is Allie quickly, it's three points there. If you decide that you're going to guard Allie and you're going to leave Courtney open, Courtney's going to make it too. 
if you decide you're going to, you can't double everybody. So if Diamond DeShields is on the court, she can also make buckets. So X's and OIs is a matchup nightmare if they're on their game, if they're all healthy, and if they're in the court at the same time. But that hasn't been the case, and that's why Chicago is so low. And it just breaks my heart thinking that we may have a first round where Chicago may play uh, in Minnesota. And it's like, wow, none of these teams deserve to go out on a first round. No. But it may happen. That's what it's leaning towards, and it's going to be just so great basketball. And for just in first, in whatever format you find it, whether it's first round, quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever. If you get this matchup, you're going to see fun basketball. If you get in a first round, that's going to just jump off the page. Definitely, definitely. And then and looking at uh, uh, Seattle as well, um, in terms of their fit there, I mean, are they looking at, I'm not sure where they'd be ranked right now, but they would be one that's definitely going to be fighting for those spots, right? Four or five. They're currently fighting for the four or five. Uh, this team is very different from last year. You see the huge names of Sue Bird, Brianna yeah. Stewart, but losing Natasha Howard and yeah. losing Alicia Clark is just, it was devastating for what they did defensively because that's what their role was. Natasha Howard was defensive player of the year for that reason. She could rebound, she could set screens, she could block shots. Alicia Clark, you could put her on the best offensive player of the other team and would be consistent. <laughs> Her, they're leaving Natasha to New York. Alicia going to D.C. got injured. I hope that uh, she's getting better and that she, mm-hmm. we're able to see her next year. Uh, just basically changes the whole strategy for this team because you find you get Katie Lou Samuelson, uh, but she's not going to be the defensive presence that Natasha Howard is. Uh, you still have Stewie. Stewie is, for me, the best player in WNBA right yeah. now. Uh, 20 points, nine rebounds. Still, still impressive what she does coming out of a, uh, of her injury, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah, uh, seriously. Jewel Lloyd can score with anybody in, anywhere at any point. Uh, <laughs> I, I like. I know that she's linked to Kobe, but I see her and I see shades of Lou Williams too. Okay, she's, she's just a tough shot maker. I mean, she can make tough shots. Or Jamal Crawford, if you're more old school than that. I mean, Jewel can make shots that I I look at it, and as a non-certified coach at the moment, I feel like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't take that shot. But she makes it so consistently, just so good. Mm-hmm. Sue, 10 points, 5 assists. You know what she's going to bring. Just so smart. Uh, puts her players in a position just to be successful as it's beautiful to watch. But, yeah, these – you know what you're going to get from these three? What are you going to get from Jordan Canada, who yes. can't make a jump shot? How are you a guard who plays a lot of minutes in WNBA can't make a jump shot? That's just uh, surprising. Mercedes Russell has been doing the best that she can uh, on an increased role, trying to substitute mm-hmm. Natasha Howard. So this team is just very different, and – that defensive prowess is not there compared to last year. And that's the biggest difference as far as the storm is concerned. Yeah. Like you said, that, that, that fall off. And you've seen a lot from championship teams that lose a key piece here or there, whether for money reasons, change of scenery, more of a role. And they don't realize, or you look at their star talent, in this case, Sue Bird. And like you said, Brianna Stewart, and you go, okay, we still got those folks that we're still good. Yes. You might still be good but you probably will not be that team that you were because those pieces were integral cogs of the engine that was Seattle storm. So mm-hmm. the way you broke it down made a lot of sense. You're right. I've been, I love Jordan Canada, which is why I wish she'd find a consistent offensive game, but she really doesn't. And then defensively, if she's on a matchup that, you know, there's some matchups, she's a very good defensive player. Some matchups just better. Mm-hmm. So if they're just going to score on you and that's fine, tilt your hat, tip your hat to them, but you can't get them on the other end and you need to run their offense because Subert can't run it all the time. Drew mm-hmm. Lloyd isn't that type of player and Brianna Stewart can't play all the minutes either. You have an issue. So I agree with you. Like they have holes that didn't get filled. And I think that that's a big reason why, you know, they are where they are, but yeah, they're definitely going to be an interesting squad to watch for a five seed. I don't see them getting out, you know, to the championship round this year. And I hate to say that because again, I'm a storm fan. Uh, but yeah, this these losses will let you know how important role players are mm. to a championship aspirations. We always talk about the big money names, but that's not all the components of a team. And you need a team to be able to win. 
a WNBA championship. So I guess it's it kind of negates my point at the beginning of the Connecticut Sun, which they <laughs> are a very good team. But with this team, you had stars and you had a good team around them. So it, it's just shocking. But they will make their moves, I'm sure, for next season. But I, I again, I agree with you. I don't see them getting if they get to a, a semifinal round. That's surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, and it's fine. You've had a great run, you know, great, yeah. great experience of longevity. But yes, at a certain point, you look at the talent in your roster, match it up for other teams, and you know, roster for roster, you gotta get a clear difference. So I'm with you on that. Um, I guess now we're gonna kind of group the last kind of four together, kind of that bottom of the barrel type. I hate to say it that way, but you yeah, have. Together, don't don't make me break them down because it's just it's gonna not gonna take too long. Not gonna take too long. Okay, cool. So we got the Sparks. You have the Atlanta Dream. The Sparks right now ten and eighteen. Dream are seven and twenty. Uh, you have the Fever uh, six and twenty. Uh, all these, t- and then of course the New York Liberty eleven and eighteen. They're better, but not by much. Um, this has just been an interesting squad. I mean, for the Liberty, they're not a great team, but like uh, Natasha Howard. We talked about her being missing from Seattle has been big for the Liberty uh, 14 points per game, six rebounds, uh, been her best offensively. I think she's like the second leading scorer uh, behind uh, uh, Benaj Delaney. So you have that as well. Um, the Sparks have had some interesting moments. Erica Wheeler's had a good year, mm-hmm. you know, quietly considering that you've had injuries to the neck of Gumake and, and well, both the Gumake sisters, to be honest with you, but also mm-hmm. Christy Tolliver as well. Um, and then uh, last but not least, uh, between Atlanta and Indiana, uh, you've had Kelsey Mitchell and Tierra Mc, um, McGowan play well. Um, you've had Courtney Williams ball out for Atlanta and Tiffany Hayes as well, even though she's kind of battled a knee injury. But Atlanta's had some drama, uh, you know, early in the year. Um, you look at Indiana and these teams. I mean, frankly, I'm going to throw it over to you, Miguel, but they're just they're not very good. Uh, and that's basically the summary of it. They're not really good. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't have talented uh players as far as stars are concerned these players are putting numbers because they're obviously talented but they have the ball in their hands most of the time uh you don't know if they would have the same role in other teams especially playoff teams uh these teams have to keep improving they're young they're drafting high so they will get better eventually if their teams are being constructed the right way, if the coaching staff is patient, the fans have to be patient as well. You can't expect Atlanta or Indiana with as young as they are to go head to head with Las Vegas or with Seattle or with whomever. Mm-hmm. New York disappoints me in a way that you had Sabrina Unescu. We know that she's coming back from injury. She's averaging 11, five and six. Uh, but Natasha Howard not being there for a long period of time, she's only been there 10 games, definitely changed the course of where they were going or what they were looking to do. Benai uh, Jelani, 17 points, four rebounds. It's, it's incredible how she was just cut once from a team. Uh, she, she's not really that good. How? How do you, th- how do you figure? I mean, she, w- she became the most improved player. She's averaging 17 in the most competitive women's league in the world. How do you – think she's not good what did you see Make i would love to sense. see a, i would love to see a scouting report just to see where it went wrong because i would love i would just love to see what the opinion was it's not the first time that people have been wrong about a player but i would love to see what the scouting report was at the beginning just to see how it contrasts to her style now but this team of new york injuries uh just being young i mean sabrina's just 22 i mean she has been just one year out of oregon uh, Didi Richards also very young, just coming out of Baylor. Yeah. So we you have to be patient. We expect this team to be competitive because they have such great player in Sabrina, but Sabrina's human. And this isn't the Oregon team. I mean, Oregon was champ- national championship worthy team, and New York Liberty is not that. They're trying to rebuild. They have one good piece in Sabrina. They drafted well in Didi. But there are a lot of other holes to fill, and they're still missing that. Will they get it? Probably, because New York is a good market. I think Sabrina is bringing eyes to uh, 
female basketball here in in New York. So I think that is very important that that keeps growing. And I think it will continue, especially with now how the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets will keep growing the sport within the New York area. So I think the Liberty are not going to be too far behind. And they have history, like, again, Teresa Witherspoon, uh, that New York Liberty team that had Becky Hammond as well. I mean, yeah. this this team has history, and I don't think that they'll be bad for long. They are still two, maybe three players, not necessarily star players, but role players away from being on a competitive level as far as those top teams. But it's certainly been disappointing. But it's disappointing if you had higher expectations for them. I had them making the playoffs. I didn't really have them being a championship contender. So I'm not that disappointed. Mm -hmm. And it's also clear that, again, Natasha being out, Sabrina coming back from injury, her being trying to get her confidence back it's going to take a while it's going to be a process not as long as the ones that's going to happen with philly but uh a process nonetheless exactly exactly i like that breakdown too it's it's, it's obvious that that team is going to be more a uh, team of the future um in yeah. fact some of these teams i think will the only exception probably being washington and just kind of where they go in their return um uh, i guess projecting outwards let's talk about washington for just a brief second if they come back healthy you know you have the return of a uh, Atlanta deladon um you have um not only your returning group come back, but let's say you have a healthy uh, Tina, uh, Tina Charles, which, you know, you've had a very effective Tina Charles this year, but you haven't mm-hmm. had, um, I want to say, the most effective version of that. What do you think is like it's this Mystics team ceiling? Because they are a, a, a clear, at least cut above, a clear cut below some of the top tier teams. But you also remember, you know, their MVP, Emma Amisman, hasn't played this season for, for the Mystics as well. Um so looking at them, do you think that they're a squad that when healthy will be right there in that contention mix? Do you think they're including them in the middle of the pack and just have been below expectations due to injury? Um, and what are your thoughts on them? Them healthy? No doubt they're a championship contender. I mean, we're talking about a team that you mentioned Natasha Cloud, and she is not having the season that many expected, but we have to keep in mind she didn't play in the WNBA bubble. So she's been out two years, basically, of, non, of playing non-competitive basketball. So her getting thrown into this role of being without Elena Deladon, which is a huge loss for anybody. I don't care who you are. You may have the best team ever. If you have Elena Deladon and you have her out, it's going to impact your offense. Uh, but again, you mentioned Musselman, you mentioned uh, Tina Charles. Elena Deladon has only played three games this season. So she's back, but she's not officially like back back. She's not Michael Jordan 95. I'm back. I'm ready to just get this championship 96. No, yeah. uh, but this team will get better. Alicia Clark will be very important once she comes back next season for DC. Cause again, she's such a great uh, defensive player and can play offense too. So this team next year is going to be so different. They're going to be so good defensively with that backcourt just with I'm just thinking about Natasha and Alicia just creating havoc on defense in the perimeter. And then if you get down low, you have Tina, you have uh, Elena. I mean, it's going to be tough for people to win in Washington, D.C. And that's we want this to happen because it's going to make the league more competitive. I mean, the league is very competitive now. We're talking about six teams that are real contenders, real championship contenders. If you add D.C. to the mix, we're talking about seven of how many teams? Twelve? Yeah. That's ha- that's more than half the league. That great brings a great product, and it's going to bring eyes to not only of the hardcore fan like myself, but those that are more casual that just watch playoff basketball. It's going to be beautiful once they come back. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. It's going to be something else to watch for sure. Um, my last question for you, Miguel. When you look at these teams, thank you for your time again, just helping me break down all of this and kind of going down literally your you said you're not an expert, but, like, you've known every team inside now historically. Like, this has been great. Um, so I'm going to try to do a little bit of your – put on your prediction cap here. Um, I, I want to know who your, your um, like, favorite to win it all is. I think you did mention this squad. I mean, you mentioned all of them, so I think you mentioned it. <laughs> but, like, in addition, to throw a little bit of a twist, and I want to know who you think the runner-up will be. Which two teams make the finals, and who comes out on top? King, um – I'm mad at you right now because it's just such a difficult question. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not cut and dry like it's no, I mean, in the NBA. So if you ask me today who I think will be in the finals, uh and I have like I haven't done the mashup part of it, like 
one with eight, like things like that. The two teams that I think are the best ones to be able to get to that finals, uh, I think the Las Vegas Aces will arrive. I think that they have to. If not, there's going to be changes and significant changes if they don't do so. And, man, I, I'm torn between Phoenix and Chicago. But if you ask me today, I think Phoenix will actually imp- keep improving uh, because, like we mentioned, they've won nine games against lower-level teams, but that brings your confidence up, and you have those star players that need to get that confidence and be on the highest of highs uh, to be able to beat these teams. So I, if you ask me today, I would say Phoenix and uh, Las Vegas – Again, not disrespecting Connecticut. I think they may be there, but I need to see just a little bit more of Connecticut to be able to put them in that last two teams of the league. Okay. Okay. I like the favors. I like what you said. I I like this. We should write this down one more time for the listeners. Give it to them one more time. Okay. Okay. I have Las Vegas just based on pure talent. All right. And And if they don't get to the finals this year, I expect changes to happen. And I have Phoenix just on the road they've been on. They're a veteran team. Uh, you would think Chicago, but again, Candace, Alley, their health. It's very important to see what's going to happen with them. And again, not to disrespect Connecticut, they defend the hell out of the ball. I think that they can get to that late stages and defense wins championships. So nobody defends more than them. But I don't know if when games get tough and they can get the buckets. I know they'll get the stops. But if you get all the stops and get no buckets, then you're not actually doing anything. No. So that's my doubt. There it is. All right. You heard it from Miguel himself. Thank you, man, for coming on and talking about the NBA. We have one more thing we got to do with you here before we let you go. We okay. talked about this as an SBC alum. You know, we have these conversations on, on a dinner we had. We all went out once. Uh, it's been yeah. something I've been adopting and taking on um, for first time guests on my show here. Uh, you actually threw an interesting twist when you said um, we're talking about top five favorite players. If you hadn't heard this episode before or any episodes, this is what we do here for first time guests. You better and subscribe. There you go. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Miguel. You said it. And like, yeah, you better subscribe. You're missing great content here. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. And Miguel said before we start recording, so hey, is that the just NBA could be the NBA and WNBA? And of course it can. And I'm like, that is the first time we've had that question asked. Your top five favorite players. Um, as I tell every episode, my top five. You know, it's Monte Ellis, Michael Beasley, Latrell Sprewell. You got him, Tay Rozier. And then last, but certainly not least, we have the GOAT, Russell Westbrook. Those are my top five favorite. I just love the passion energy they bring. You know, I love the fact that they can kind of get mocked for different reasons by the majority of NBA Twitter, NBA, social media, whatever the case may be. But they all had talents that got them in the league for however long they were in there. I am a fan of that. That's why they're my top five. But, Mr. Miguel, what are your top five favorite players? Okay, so... I'm going to go and break it down just by each uh, gender because I can't just, like, put them all together. I like it. Uh, for men's basketball, I have Michael Jordan, which is my yep. goat. I have Michael Red, which I I use 22. I'm a lefty, so Michael Red was the closest thing I had to me. Uh, wow, it's just a tough question. Uh, <laughs> I love KG. I love all KG. Right. I'm a Boston Celtic fan. Uh, KG's his energy is just another level i love ai ai was just so instrumental to what the league is now and just so talented at six feet and i'm i'm not so sure he's six feet but yeah <laughs> uh and t-mac t-mac for me was just just such a privileged scorer i just love t-mac all right and for women which is even tougher for me <laughs> yeah you're so uh, neat. <laughs> so i have sue i love okay. sue uh, I love Brianna, so kind of Homer there as far as Seattle's concerned. <laughs> uh, I got Cynthia. Cynthia's okay. just another level. Just I think if you were comparing Jordan in the NBA, Cynthia is the closest thing you'll get. Wow. Uh, I have Candace because yeah, she's, she's just, just amazing. Yeah. And I feel like I've mentioned too many Storm, but I I, I can't just not say Lauren Jackson. I mean, she was Legends. just. It's such a, a peak player at, at one point in her career. I mean, and she's not American, which also throws like a wrench in how globalization will be in the future. 
we have Liz Cambage, who's also Australian. So we know Australia is probably like the second best team in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Lauren was the first one. She was the first international player to just like storm through the WNBA. So I guess if those are my five favorites and six women is Allie because she can, it's just so beautiful that she can shoot. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll, I'll go with that. All right. So we got, we got two top five. We got men's, women's. We have Jordan. Michael Red, Kevin Garnett, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, that's one team. Then we got Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, Cynthia Cooper, Candace Parker, and Lauren Jackson. So that's two really dope teams by my guy, Miguel. Uh, thank you, man, Ali, for kind of mixing it up. We've had people come in with top fives. We had top five teams, tier one, two, three. Now we got our top five men's and women's. I love oh, it. I, I got that. If you have time, I'll just tell them everything. I, I mean, listen, you, you can double out, bro. Listen, you, if you want to save some for next time you come on, because you're coming on next time, do that. If you want to dump them out now, do that too. Your call. Okay, so let's first let's shout out Bo Estes who I know will listen to this podcast shout out to Bo. He, he's been talking about the go conversation goes back MJ, to, yep. to MJ and, <laughs> he, and he said like hey when's somebody gonna have this topic about the goat as far as female is concerned so we're gonna squash this now okay Cheryl, Cheryl Miller's the goat ever right. so that's done uh but my top five WNBA players Cheryl Miller Cynthia Cooper Diana Taurasi Lisa Leslie and Candace Parker. Whoa. My runner-up, my next five, is a team that is just so talented. You got Sue Bird, Cheryl Soups, Maya Moore, which I should have mentioned in my, my favorite five, but mm. hey, uh, Lauren Jackson and Tamika Catchings. So those are my top 10, but broken down in group one and group two. So that's where we're going on this part. And did I mention my – yeah, I mentioned my top five, like – female players right um yes i feel like you did yeah you already have the top five already there yep. yeah yeah I did, I did, I did. so we got so, our, so you have yourself we have ourselves a squad uh absolutely it's gonna be crazy to to be able to talk about who are you top five like do you have a top five about female basketball at least your favorite i don't need to yeah who, who top five for me i mean it's 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 definitely um an eclectic mix so christy tolliver had okay. me from the jump. Um, I am just such a fan of the way she plays. She reminds me of the guys I have for my for my um, men's top five, just because you have the type of shots she takes where you're like, what are you doing? And then it goes in, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, you are yeah. awesome. So she's there, number one for me. Simone Augustus, love the way she played. Really solid player, brought a lot of that jazzy style, like, you know, the crossover, the smooth mid-range J, just the way she was about her business when she won the court. That's number two for me. Candace Parker, number three. Can't go wrong with Candace. Gotta love her and the way she plays. Cappy Pondexter, love the happiness from her, you know, coming from Chicago, bringing that energy, bringing that heat, you know, being a a, a scrappy Cappy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just always about that business. Love that. Great name. Great name. Thank you. Appreciate it. And then last but not least, uh, has to be Darren Tarasi. Her longevity, the way she's able to play as well as she has, just still so effective. The trash talk. I mean, the white mamba, but like, if you think about someone who epitomizes basketball in the way that Kobe did on the women's side of the court, just from the way her persona is, the way she commands the respect, fear, admiration of her opponents, the way she's able to kind of keep herself with that passion and energy, it has to be her for me. So those are my top five. Um, I, I love all those players. I, I'd that's watch solid. reruns. I appreciate that. That's that's my squad, man. That is my squad. I think that we have to actually make a disclaimer here that there's no not really a wrong answer when you're talking about top five women's players because they're just so stacked and so similar like i had a tough time just identifying between candace cheryl swoops uh lauren jackson because their numbers are so similar so it's Mm -hmm. just based on your style uh as far as taking your top five because there there have been so many great women basketball players that have passed through WNBA, and there's no wrong answer. It, it, to be honest, there's no wrong answer. If you want to put Diana as your goat, if you want to put Cynthia, Maya, there's an argument for all of them. But it's beautiful that we can have this discussion, and I hope that we can keep having it uh, moving forward. 
Oh, 100%, man. You are going to have to come back on here for oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Please course. do. I mean, not only when the playoffs come around, because we definitely want to have more conversations on that. I know I definitely do. Um, but just your expertise on the NBA, on the WNBA, dude, like I said, it's official. Like, you're an expert. I already said it once. I'll say it again. I thank you, Miguel, for coming on. Um, tell us where we can find you and your work. Because, again, you, I mean, we're going to be seeing a lot of you real soon, for sure. Those who aren't already catching you I now. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate you, my dude. Uh, you can follow me and Miguel HR 22 in Twitter. Uh, you're going to see all my Spanish content. I'm from Puerto Rico, so that's my native language. Uh, but I will also throw my tweets in and there to my American public. So you're going to see a lot of WNBA references, a lot of NBA references, and a lot of wrestling res- references. So, uh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, wrestling is like my second love. Basketball first, wrestling second. Wrestling second. Uh, and if you're a Hispanic speaker and you want to find out what's happening in Puerto Rico, you can always find my page, the Portis 100 by 35 uh, we have podcasts we have instagram we have facebook twitter whatever you're looking for we have it just hit us up follow us but hey if you want best basketball content follow my man king corbin he's certainly gonna put oh, you man. in the best place possible you're gonna learn a lot and you're gonna be entertained which is the point of this so there you go <laughs> i appreciate you man thank you for the love for sure definitely make sure to follow Miguel on twitter uh you can follow me on twitter if you like at corbin nba you Check better. Out- <laughs> Thank you, man. Check out Hoop Ball on Twitter, Hoop Ball Tweets, online hoop-ball.com. We'll be coming at you real soon with more off-season content. Got a lot more to come. So for Miguel, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and I'll talk to y'all real soon. I hate y'all. presentation.